My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Tuesday the 12th of December. I'm Zara. I'm Sam. Now, just over a month ago, TDA's editor, Billy Fitzsimons, interviewed Queensland's Premier, Anastasia Palaszczuk, and she asked this. There have been a number of state leaders who have departed their roles mid-term. There was Daniel Andrews, Mark McGowan, even Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand. Is it an option for you that you take Labor to the next election, let's say you win, and then you leave mid-term? No. No, I'm absolutely committed. Palaszczuk has now announced she's stepping down as Premier this Friday. So what led to this decision and who's likely to replace her? We'll discuss Palaszczuk's legacy in today's deep dive. But first, Sam, the headlines. A new COVID vaccine is now available in Australia, offering protection for the current Omicron subvariant, which has been linked to a rise in cases. Pfizer and Moderna are both offering the vaccine for people aged 12 and older, with another Pfizer vaccine approved for children aged 5 to 12. It's been recommended for anyone who hasn't had a booster this year for six months or longer. I know we're seeing a couple of COVID cases pop up and it's certainly becoming more part of everyone's lives again. JB Hi-Fi is being sued over claims it unlawfully sold extended warranties to customers. Warranties give customers a certain window of time to have faulty goods repaired, replaced or refunded. However, under a class action brought by Morris Blackburn, JB Hi-Fi is being accused of selling warranties of, quote, little to no value by charging customers for protections they were already entitled to under Australian consumer law. The retailer has denied wrongdoing. Authorities in Iran have banned the family of Masa Amini, whose death sparked global protests, from travelling to France to accept a human rights award. The 22-year-old was arrested by morality police in September 2022 for not wearing a hijab and died after being released from custody. Earlier this year, the European Union announced Amini as this year's recipient of its humanitarian award called the Sakharov Prize. And the good news, a new attendance record has been set for English soccer's Women's Super League. Over 59,000 people attended Arsenal's 4-1 victory over Chelsea in London over the weekend up from the previous spectator record of 54,000 that was set in October. Four Matildas took to the pitch for the record-breaking match. They were Steph Catley, Kyra Cooney-Cross and Caitlin Ford for Arsenal against Chelsea's Sam Kerr. Now, you are the last remaining state leader in Australia from the pandemic era. You led the state through COVID, which other leaders have said took a massive toll on them. Are you exhausted? No, I'm not exhausted. It was a very testing time and a time in my life that I will never forget. But I am energised every day by the people in our state. You just had a holiday and you were criticised for it in the media. Does that take its toll when you feel like you can't even take a holiday without being criticised? Well, they don't do it to men, so I'll let your listeners think about that. There have been a number of state leaders who have departed their roles mid-term. There was Daniel Andrews, Mark McGowan, even Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand. Is it an option for you that you take Labor to the next election, let's say you win, and then you leave midterm? No, 
no, I'm absolutely committed. Well, you are the Minister for Olympics, so does that mean that we can expect to see you in the position in 2032? Uh, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, it is hard to believe that a little over a month ago, that is what Anastasia Palaszczuk said to our editor, Billy Fitzsimons. Zara, I feel like we've been using the phrase a year is long in politics a bit at the moment when we're wrapping up 2023, but in this case, a month is long in politics. What is Anastasia Palaszczuk saying now? Palaszczuk announced her resignation in an emotional and unexpected press conference on Sunday. She said during this press conference that she'd actually started thinking about the decision as to whether or not to resign while on holidays. Recently, she was in Europe and that holiday in and of itself was controversial because she was actually criticised for taking a holiday at the time. I turned my mind to this when I was trying to have a holiday with my partner and everyone deserves a break. Finally, last week, my mind was made up at National Cabinet. I was sitting there thinking this is the fourth Prime Minister. There were all these new faces around the Cabinet table and I thought to myself, renewal is a good thing. I will finish this week at the end of this week as Premier. I have fought the good fight. I have given everything. But now is the time for me to find out what else life has to offer. I'm keen to discuss who's looking likely to replace her. But before we get to the future, why don't we spend a bit of time talking about her legacy? What do you think that legacy will look like? Look, I think it is always difficult to wrap up a politician's legacy, especially one that has served for so long. So Anastasia Palaszczuk is Australia's longest serving female premier. She served for nearly nine years. So a bit of ground to cover there. But at a high level, Palaszczuk was responsible for some social reforms, things like voluntary assisted dying laws passing and the legalisation of pill testing, both of which we have covered on here. Of course, Palaszczuk led Queensland during the COVID-19 pandemic, and she also played a key role in securing Brisbane as the host of the 2032 Olympic Games, which was a big deal for Australia. More recently, she led the push for a national firearms register to help police tackle gun violence. This was in response to the William Billis shootings last year, which you may remember left six dead, including two police and an innocent bystander. In recent months, though, Palaszczuk's time as Premier has really become characterised by her government's handling of youth crime in the state. In response to rising youth crime rates, Palaszczuk's government passed a law allowing children to be kept in watch houses. And we did a whole episode on this, so I can throw it in today's show notes. But essentially, that law contradicted directly the state's Human Rights Act, and she faced a lot of criticism over that law. There was also criticism for Palaszczuk over Queensland's health system, housing shortage and integrity in government. In particular, the Premier had to defend herself after allegations surfaced that a government body controlled by her department had interfered with the Office of the Integrity Commission. But all of that aside, when Palaszczuk was asked what she thought her legacy would look like, she focused on the economy. You know, coming into office when unemployment was so high and now it's so low, um, the investment in our schools, uh, the free TAFE, um, skilling Queenslanders for work. Something we talk about a lot at TDA is how much the pandemic impacted our relationships with state and territory leaders. I mean, that was kind of the time we were mm. seeing them on our screens every day and we really got this chance to get to know the leaders 
What's the sentiment around Anastasia Palaszczuk's time as Premier during the pandemic? Yeah, I think that this seems to be a familiar story every time we've been speaking about state leaders resigning this year. It is impossible to divorce their leadership from their time during COVID. So Anastasia Palaszczuk is actually the final state, and I say state because there's still a territory leader, but the final state leader from that kind of COVID era. So first we had Mark McGowan, then of course we had Daniel Andrews, and now we've had Anastasia Palaszczuk. And all of these leaders were really in charge of quite strict border closures during COVID. And that was popular among some and, of course, unpopular among others. It did, on the one hand, really stifle a COVID outbreak in Queensland, but did mean that others were prevented from seeing their families and their loved ones. However, Palaszczuk's win at the 2020 state election was broadly seen as an endorsement of her response to the pandemic. And so it was clear from that election win that Queenslanders on the whole approved of her management of the pandemic. What happened after the Mm. pandemic to lead to where we are today? Well, I think it's fair to say that Anastasia Palaszczuk's popularity took a hit following COVID. I think that there was certainly this artificial inflation of popularity ratings during the pandemic and we, we saw most state leaders kind of fall after that. But in Queensland, it was interesting because the opposition, who there is the LNP, ran this very consistent and clear campaign against the Premier. They called her a part-time Premier. They called her checked out. And they criticised her for being a red carpet Premier. It would appear that this kind of campaigning and, and the criticisms levelled against Palaszczuk started to take hold We saw in recent polling that opposition leader David Crisafulli overtook her as preferred premier. That was in a poll in August of this year. Labor is also behind the LNP as preferred party by a small margin. That's according to data from Resolve, which is a polling platform. Okay, so now let's look forward and let's think about what happens next in Queensland. Is there a front runner for who's going to be the next premier? Well, in her departure speech, Palaszczuk endorsed Deputy Premier Stephen Miles, Uh, That doesn't necessarily mean that he's a shoo-in for the job, but it certainly will help. Other contenders are looking likely to be Shannon Fentiman, who's the health minister, and Cameron Dick, who is the current treasurer. The Labor caucus will decide on a new leader on Friday, so that will be Anastasia Palaszczuk's last day as Premier. We do also know that Anastasia Palaszczuk will leave Parliament altogether, so that will trigger a by-election in her seat of Inala, which is a very interesting seat because it was actually held previously by Anastasia Palaszczuk's father, who retired after over 20 years in Queensland Parliament, and so she won that seat in 2006. In terms of what happens in the future from here, Palaszczuk says she has no job lined up after her retirement, but believes she'll remain involved in the promotion of Queensland in some way. There is also a Queensland election scheduled for October next year, so no doubt the new Premier will have a lot on their hands. That's all we've got time for on today's episode of The Daily Oz. If you enjoyed that podcast, a bit of a wrap on the career of Anastasia Palaszczuk, there is one thing that you can do in four to five seconds that would really mean the world to The Daily Oz. If you just take a screenshot of you listening to this podcast or click the share button within your podcasting app, you can throw it on your Instagram stories. That way your friends can see that you're listening. And as a startup media company, we're always looking for interesting ways to find new audiences so we can continue to grow and make you meaningful content. We'll be back again tomorrow. Until then, have a great day. 